talking about John the Baptist. We're also talking about Elijah because Jesus said that uh, in one sense, John the Baptist was Elijah. Now, that shouldn't be a surprise to us at this point in time. Why? Well, because uh, 30-some years uh, prior to this, before John the Baptist was even born, Gabriel was appearing to John's father, uh, Zacharias. Remember that story? Okay, it's in the first chapter of Luke's Gospel. Let's read Luke chapter 1, verses 16, 17, uh, just to kind of get uh, this in context. Uh, Gabriel said to John's father, He will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. Verse 17. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. See, so already, before the man's even born, he's already being identified with Elijah. Um, what, what for? To turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. That's reading from Luke chapter 1, verse number 17. That's a direct quote from Malachi, which we read the last time, okay? And the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. And this is Elias Flores. And again, I just want to um, finish off these last two verses with uh, what I call a, a theological exercise in typology. And uh, to understand certain scriptures and to understand the power of them, get everything you can from scripture, you have to know kind of like the, the theological gymnastics when something is symbolic, when something is... is um, is metaphorical and when something takes on a double meaning you know the laws of double interpretation how you can interpret one thing one way because of uh, other scriptures that support those type of interpretations and so um, we are going to be taking a look at uh, at this uh, prophetic last two verses where Elijah and Moses are brought to the forefront and don't forget that was uh, that was uh, Malachi uh, three four, you know that that talked about, and I'll send my, I'll send Moses with the law, you know, um, because that's important, okay? Because this is all part of typology, the different types, okay? And just so that you understand what types are, types types can be historical, types can be uh, historical people, if you will, types can be events, things that happen and continue to reoccur, places that um, that things continually happen at. Those can be types, you know, uh, we'll get into some of those illustrations later. Institutions, um, offices, you know, can also be uh, used as types or brought into that cap category of typology. In other words, to understand how, how um, types of things mean things. Okay. And so the nature of the nature of typology is the fact that, um, that it comes from eternity. It comes from God. Then it comes into history. It comes into the now, but it also continues on and goes into the future. And there are some things that, that, um, that are taken uh, into the future that remind you of the past, that remind you of what happened, that remind you of God, how God 
controls history and manages history through these types okay these certain type of people continue to show up in history those are typologies okay and just like elijah you find elijah in the book of luke and he's in it's john the baptist but it's you know it speaks of elijah as as um, luke chapter 1 16 and 17 what is he talking about well he's talking about typology that there are there are similarities and there are uh, sim similarities in action similarities in purpose similarities in message similarities in in uh, in uh, features of the person can also be part of the typology you know remember uh, Elijah shows up and and he's uh he's in in full garb prophet garb which is you know the the camel hair and and the uh, and um, the honey and eating honey and locusts and and all those things same thing I guess that's that's the prophet's diet and so um, those are all types. Those are all things that remind you of something else. So typology is very important because Malachi, Malachi opens, finishes up this this uh, this uh, wonderful prophetic uh, letter to Israel and uh, and you know and and the world of what's coming. And there's certain types that are coming that you need to be aware of. And um, Moses is one. Moses and the law. Okay, that's very important. Moses and the law. And again, like I've always said, like I've always said, when it comes to Malachi and how eloquent he writes, he always uses history. He always uses the great prophets. He always uses, um, you know, uh, the right references to strengthen his message about what's coming in the future. So let's never forget how important typology, because what typology does, it reminds us, like like St. Augustine said, is the Old Testament, um, the Old Testament knew, um, has the New Testament concealed. And in the New Testament, it has the Old Testament revealed. So they both they both unlock each other. To understand the Old Testament correctly, you, you have to read the New Testament. To understand the New Testament and the power of the Old Testament, you have to read the Old Testament. So it's very important to combine the two. And that's why it's very dangerous when somebody says, well, that's Old Testament and that doesn't mean anything. Okay, or that the Old Testament, I don't read the Old Testament. And I don't read, you know, what they're really saying is that they're taking, a, they're, they're keep, keeping the seal off certain revelations and insights that belong to them if they would just open up and put the two together. Okay, so again, we want to take a good look today at typology. We're going to look at the types of Elijah. We're going to look at the types of um, Moses. We're also going to we're also going to take some comparisons so you could see how the parallel theological thought go, meaning thoughts next to thoughts, looking to your right, looking to your left, um, will, will help you see the truths of God's word better. So the word types is is really important because it, real, it really means patterns. It really means uh, typos. The, you know, the Greek word is typos, T-Y-P-O-S. Um, you know, it means struck with a die. It means to have a, st a stamp a, or a scar. Okay. Um, it, it has a certain shape to it. Okay. And again, this is very powerful to understand because there are many men of God that have the same shape to them. Their ministries are shaped similarly. You know, they have the stamp, you know, they do certain things the same way. And I'm going to show you some things that maybe some of you have not seen, okay, before in Scripture that uh, we'll discuss on how the types of Christ work, okay, the typology works. So Malachi 4, 5, and 6, as we get into this, says this, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, and before before the coming of the great day, of the, the great uh, dreadful day of the Lord. 
and he will turn. Okay, and uh, that that Hebrew idea is by his preaching, his message. Okay, again, that's a that's a powerful that's a powerful thing that 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 we need to recapture in our churches is that our that our messages need to start turning people. Okay, and I know we like to play, and we want people to say amen, and we want all those things, but are they turning people? Okay, and and this spirit of Elijah has the ability that in the message to turn hearts, okay, to turn hearts, the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So here you have the idea. Okay, here's the, here's the idea that Elijah is coming. Okay, Elijah is coming. Now don't forget, we know Elijah came, but. Okay, if you if you remember the intro, I played that on purpose. If you look at Luke sixteen, Luke Luke one sixteen and seventeen, right? It says this, and and he will turn many of the of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Okay, so here you have. This 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 man of God. And he's talking about John the Baptist. Okay, he's talking about John the Baptist, and he says John the Baptist is going to come in a type. He's going to have a movement and a type. His message is going to be that type where it's going to start turning the hearts of people to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready people prepared for the Lord. So again, here you have. The, the uh, this message that um, that Luke is Luke is writing down on Elijah, but he's not talking about Elijah. He's talking about John the Baptist. This is the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Okay, so when you start looking at types, Elijah definitely is a type, and John the Baptist reflects the type of prophet, the type of message that's coming. And and especially for the day that we are living in, right? Especially for the day that we are living in, you know, where families are broken, you know, families are really, really dysfunctional. Um, fathers and sons and, and you know, broken families, divorces, remarriages, just all kinds of things that our children are dealing with, that all of a sudden the children no longer look to the fathers, okay? They no longer look to the fathers. And one of the signs of the revival that's coming or the spirit of Elijah is to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. Real fathers begin to raise children. Real fathers begin to pay attention to family structure, okay? And we are living in a culture today where they want to destroy they want to destroy and disintegrate the nuclear family, which is a husband, a, a wife, a son, and a daughter, the nuclear family. Because if you can destroy the nuclear family, you can destroy the nation. And we see this deterioration happening more and more. How many people are divorced? How many kids are are in the streets? How many children have, uh, have a balance of mother and father for their raising, you know, the health of strong relationships around them? You know, it's it's far and in between. I remember in the sixties and seventies, and you know, every no, there was no divorces in anything. I, I, you know, I'm not saying everybody was happily married. I, you know, that I couldn't tell you because I wasn't in everybody's home. You know, my parents. I come from a very strong marriage-based uh, family, a biblical-based family, and so we don't have divorces in my immediate family. You know, thank God because my parents, my parent, my parents had this spirit of Elijah where our father. 
father's hearts were turned to the children. My father raised us. He made sure we had purpose and vision. And he made sure that the word of God was a priority to us. Okay, so my father was a type of this movement of a father should lead the way. Okay, and this is the spirit. This is the revival that's coming. I'm looking for a revival in the family. That's a big sign that's coming okay so keep an eye out for that because this is coming later on it's prophesied even more about the spirit of elijah we'll, we'll continue that discussion but let's move on with some more supporting scriptures about about types about um models okay okay and nevertheless this is romans chapter 5 verse 14 nevertheless death reigned from adam to moses okay from adam to moses what are those those are models, okay? Those are types. So from Adam to Moses, those are types. Even over those who had sinned according, had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So again, here's the theological structure. Adam, okay? Adam was one type. Moses was another type, okay? They, they mirrored each other in certain aspects, okay? Adam reigned to Moses, okay? The humanity reigned on. There were some characteristics of Adam in Moses and, you know, and whether whether it be uh, human nature, whether it be, you know, whatever whatever the, their comparisons or their commonalities are, even those who had not sinned according to the likeness and transgressions of Adam. Now watch this. Who is a type of... Of him who was going to come so we know that he's talking about Jesus the new type that was coming the the one that was the real one the one that was the manifestation so you have you have Adam we know came from God God created he came from eternity right and then he came into the Garden of Eden and then he lived and then here came Moses again so we have eternity to earth to time and measurement, you know, and then you have to from Adam to Moses, same thing. This is all historic. These are all people that that are documented. They that they were here at the origins of of whether the children of Israel, Egypt, Adam, the Garden, um, the start of humanity as we know it, the modern, you know, the um, civilized eras, you know, uh, of man, and so we have these documented in history. Even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam. Again, so he takes you to the he takes you to the historic place of Adam's transgression, because there was going to come one that was that was the last Adam. Okay, that's what that's what uh, Paul Wright calls him, the last Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So we know that the the. The redemption of man. We know that Jesus Christ, taking the God, taking the form of the flesh, the incarnation, is the second, or the, or what I would call the last Adam, the type, the one that was to come. So, if you have Adam, Jesus was coming. When you have Moses, Jesus was coming. When you have David, Jesus was coming. When you have, when you have Samuel, the Jesus was coming. When you have Joseph, Jesus was coming. These are all types. Okay, they have they have certain aspects of Jesus Christ that was coming. Okay, that's why in Hebrews chapter one it says in, in sundry times in divers manners. Okay, in other words, times and manners, ways in which God would speak to us. 
you know, in various manners, in various ways, but now speaks to us by his son, the protos, you know, the type, you know, the typos was coming. Okay. The prototype is now here. So again, this is the idea of typology is to find the significance. Okay. To find the significance in, in the, the persons of the Bible. Okay. Uh, and how they relate to Jesus Christ, his attributes, in some of his characteristics that we can find. Okay, so never forget that uh, when you start seeing when you start seeing differences in people, but yet sameness in people, you could be some of the types. They could be a typology of something. Okay, historical. Okay, and remember, I, I don't know if I, I I don't remember if I touch this, but. But typologies can happen with historical historical people. They can happen with events. They can happen with institutions. They can happen with offices all within the Bible. Okay. Jeremiah 6.16 says this. Okay. I'm talking about typologies and why it's important to understand typologies. Okay. And I'll tie this back to it. Thus saith the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in them. What's he saying? What's he saying? Find the ways of old. Find the types. Find the models I left. You know, walk in those old paths. Follow those voices. Okay. Where the good is and walk in it. Okay, then you will find rest for your soul. But they said, we will not do it. Okay, again, this is part of understanding how the Bible works. Okay, that there's models and types that always lead from what his, from eternity uh, uh, past to present historic to our present time and also towards the future. What does all this mean towards the future? Okay, so uniting the prophets. That's what Malachi does. Malachi chapter 4, 5, and 6 in this typology, it it unites the prophets, the, the latter prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, the, the messianic prophets, you know, the, the, the smaller prophets or the minor prophets like Malachi and Habakkuk and, and Obadiah and, and Amos. And, you know, they have shorter messages, but great, uh, shorter books, but great messages in their own rights, uniting all the prophets. So here you have Moses representing the older prophets and the law, and you have Elijah representing the 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 latter prophets okay of the old of the old testament and, and the holy spirit so you have the law in moses the word of god and you have elijah and the spirit of god the, the holy spirit okay and how they use them okay moses uh, moses again brings the torah the law the laws of god the establish how to establish a nation how to lead a people how how do we do all those things right you find that under moses what to eat what not to eat you know how to lead there's so many examples under moses and the law of moses okay but also elijah was moved by the spirit of god we we see these great victories you know fire falling from heaven we 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 we've, we've seen this supernatural strength when when outrunning horses you, you you see all these things okay the mountain you know the mountain shakes and the you know the still small voice again you have elijah which represents the move of the spirit and moses the law of god so you have in malachi the last days a renewal to god's word and a renewal to the holy spirit which Ma Ma malachi 4 and 5 bring together brings the spirit of god and the word of god prophets that represented what types of who God is, 
in their day to bring it to our day. Oh, how we need the Elijahs of God and know how we need the Moses of God, those that will bring the word of God, those that will, will uphold God's truth and not cower to the culture, you know, and we need a move of the spirit like never before. And what is the result of this? It's wholesome families. It's the ability to, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons of the children back to the fathers. This is important for us to wrap our minds around. It's important for us to, to, you know, really look at it and say, you know what? I embrace, I embrace the book of Malachi because of the prophetic nature and the types, the symbols, the things it represents. Okay. Now let's do a few little exercises as I broke that down for you a little bit. I hope it's uh, not as clear as mud for you, but let's look at some patterns here. Okay. Uh, as Elijah, okay. Uh, Elijah and, um, and, uh, and see a few patterns here, looking at the patterns of people and their activities. Second Kings chapter 1, 8. So they answered him, a hairy man wearing a leather belt around the waist. And he said, it's Elijah the Tishbite. Now you go into Mark chapter 1, 6. And who do you have? You have now John was clothed with camel's hair and a leather belt in his waist. And he ate locusts and wild Honey, so now you have this types. See, you see the typology. You see how they relate to each other. You see how they represent certain things with each other. How they kind of they're kind of like uh, throwbacks towards the past and also towards the future. It's important to understand how the Bible works and 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 again to move the revelation knowledge. You know, move the insight from Old Testament to New and from New Testament to Old to combine them. Okay, because that's what we see here. We have Elijah the Tishbite in 2 Kings 1.8, and you have Mark 1.6, which talks about the same type. Okay, forget about Elijah, forget about um, uh, John the Baptist, but look at what they have in common. Those, so those are types. So that's, what, that's where we get typology from. Okay. You can say John was just like Elijah. That's what you can say. Or John dressed just like Elijah, even though they were, you know, they were hundreds of years apart from each other. Yet this type of prophet came. And how can you identify that? Just by what they wore. Okay. Just by what they wore. Second Kings. Second Kings. And again, we're going to look at a few little little uh, miracles here. Watch this. Uh, Second Kings of uh, four forty two through forty four. Then a man came from Baal Shalisha and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley bread and the newly ripened grain in his back in his knapsack. And he said, Give it give it to the people that they may eat. But he but the servant said, What? Shall I set this before one hundred men? He's got a knapsack. It's, it's there's not enough to go around. Sound familiar? Well, I'll keep reading. He then said, Give it to the people that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, They shall eat and have leftovers. So he said it before them, and they ate and had leftovers, according to the word of the Lord. Now that's Elijah. Now watch this. Matthew 14, uh, 15 through 21. When, when evening was come, the disciples came to him, saying, This deserted place, and the hour is now late, already late, send the multitudes away that they may go and find food in the villages. But Jesus said, huh, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we only, have two, we only have five loaves and two fishes. He said to them, 
Then he commanded, he, he said to them, bring them, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took them, and he took the five loaves and two fishes, looked to heavens, he blessed them, broke the bread and the loaves, the loaves and the fish, and he and the disciples gave it to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. They and they took up twelve baskets full of fragments, remains. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand, besides women and children. So what am I saying? So you see how now you have Elijah performed um, a miracle, right? The man of God performed the miracle. Now you have the Old Testament prophet. Now you have in Matthew, Jesus doing the same thing. So now you have a type of miracle that is repeatable. Okay, You have something that now uh, comes from the old and is understood in the new. But if you understand the new, you know, you want to understand the new better, you can go into the old. That's the exercise. This is why studying is important or to begin to see the differences and the sameness. So here you have the same type of miracle and uh, here you have different people, but performing yet similarities or types of the same thing. Okay, let's look at some more similarities. Okay, in 1 Kings 19.1, Elijah appears. Okay, Mark chapter 1. Okay, Jesus appears. Elijah works. <laughs> okay, this is all Mark chapter 1. Uh, uh, the disciples are at work, okay? The call to discipleship, <laughs> okay? The call to discipleship. Elijah, Elisha follows Elijah. The disciples follow Jesus. So now again, these are all types. These are similarities. How, how Elijah worked is the same way that Jesus worked, okay? Elijah appears, Elijah works, the call to discipleship, and Elisha follows Elijah. Jesus appears, the disciples are at work, the call to discipleship, the disciples follow Jesus. Okay? Again, you see the types. Elijah and Jesus. Okay, that's why when people said, who do men say that I am? And a lot of them could say, well, you're Elijah, you're John the Baptist. You're... And then Jesus, no, who do you say that I am? I know what they say. Okay, why? Because of the similarities of works and the actions and the understanding of the Jewish culture and the prophets of old, especially the rabbis, especially the, especially the Pharisees and Sadducees. They had to be devastated to think that Elijah was coming, coming around in the spirit of Elijah again. Remember Herod, when Herod heard, heard the miracles that Jesus was doing and all his teaching and his fame was going out? What did Jesus say? I thought I killed John the Baptist. Is that him? Make sure he is dead. Right? Did he resurrect? So again, you see the types. You see how ministries work. You saw the. You see how Elijah worked um, in in the discipleship of of Elisha, and you see how Jesus worked in the discipleship of his his twelve disciples. Okay. Now let's look at Joshua and Moses. Okay, this is another one. Okay, the Exodus. You know, the exiting of one place and the conquest. To unite, so Joshua, so so you have Moses that was part of the Exodus, and you have Joshua part of the conquest. They're both knitted together. Okay, they're both knitted together. Without the Exodus, you have no conquest, and without 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 no conquest, the Exodus is meaningless. If they die in the desert and don't do what God God called them to do and uh, possess the land that God calls them to possess, you know why leave? Okay, but we see how they complement each other. Types, types, and in the Bible they complement each other. There's a reason why they're they're similar. Okay, but yet different. How they have how they have um, 
or commonalities, but they're yet they're different. It's important because you may have human uh, uh, similarities. You may have you may have uh, gift sets that are you know that are similar, but they have to come together, and that's what Joshua and Moses do. They complete a cycle of mission. Okay, one Exodus, one Exodus, and the other one conquered. Okay, so let's look at this in Joshua chapter one five. No man, God tells God, uh, God says, no one shall be able to stand uh, before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. So now they're they're eternally stuck together. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. That's that's important to understand because we began to see we began to see how how even though Moses was different, there was a type. There was going to be a type of leadership that God God was going to be with Joshua with, just like He was with Moses. That connects them together on the type of leadership that's needed in verse chapter seventeen. Um, Verse chapter 17 of the same chapter, verse 1, the tribes respond to Joshua. Okay, this confirms it. Okay, it says, just, just as we heeded Moses in all things, there again, he's connected. We will heed you. Only the Lord our God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against you, command uh, your command and does not heed your words in all you do, you command them shall be put to death. Only be strong and be courageous. So again, when you start looking at Moses and Joshua, how they're divinely connected, how they have similar, how they have similar leadership, but what was the commonality? God was going to be with them, with Joshua as he was with Moses. Okay, so that's important to understand. So now let's put some things together on how of what their leadership looked like, okay? And how Moses and Joshua were very, very close in a lot of things that they did. And we can actually say Joshua was a type of Moses, okay? Moses sent spies, Numbers 13. Joshua sent spies in, into a land, Joshua chapter 2. Moses' Moses' song, okay? Dread and terror on the people. In other words, wherever Moses went, people were afraid. While Joshua chapter 2 with Rahab, um, the Bible, Rahab says that the people knowing, okay, Jericho knowing that, that uh, Joshua was coming, fear melted their hearts. Okay, so now you have some types. They have commonalities. You have, you have parallel ideas, perspectives together. Hey, Moses, Moses celebrated the Passover uh, and manna. Josh, you know, that's a, that's an exodus. Uh, Joshua chapter 5, 10 through 12. Joshua celebrates the Passover the man, and the manna dries up. So here again, you have two, you have, you have them celebrating the same feast, the same things. Again, leader, the typologies, they're types of each other. They're complement each other. Just like, just like John the Baptist um, and Elijah, um, the similarities complemented each other. Well, here you have Moses and Joshua complementing each other. Moses, Exodus chapter 3, he was told to take off his feet. Take off his shoes. Don't take off your feet. Joshua chapter 5, when um, he bowed down before the angel of the Lord, the great uh, general, what did he say? Take off your shoes because this ground is holy. Okay, Matthew, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 9, Moses intercedes for Israel. Joshua chapter 7, okay, Joshua successfully successfully intercedes, okay, Moses in Exodus, uh, Moses in, in the book of Exodus, he holds up his staff with his hands, and they, and they 
grab his arms and they hold him up. Joshua stretches out his hands the same way in Joshua chapter eight. Now watch how they finish off their lives. I think this is this is kind of this is kind of interesting. Moses delivers his farewell speech at an old age. Okay, Deuteronomy, um, uh, Deuteronomy thirty-one two uh, three through five assured victory over his enemies and the Torah. Um, consequences, blessings, and cursings. Okay, so again in his farewell farewell speech. Moses delivered kind of like a three-pronged thing, okay? Number one, he was old, okay? Number two, he assured that there would be victory over enemies. Obey the Torah was very, very much so. And then the consequences that would come. Well, Joshua's was very much the same. He, um, Joshua delivers farewell speech, includes old age, okay? This is chapter 23, 24 of, Deuter- of, uh, of Joshua. Promises victory over enemies, calls for obedience to the Torah, sets the alternative of serving God or other gods um, or the other gods. Okay, if you turn your way, you're going to get cursed on this thing. So they they had very similar pro, uh, perspectives. There were types of each other. There were types of each other. They were complementary of each other. You know, they weren't at odds with each other. Moses mediates uh, a covenant. Listen, Moses mediates a covenant. Exodus 24, 7. All, all the Lord has spoken, we will do, and we will be obedient, okay? Joshua does the same thing in Joshua 24, 24, right? Jo- Joshua mediates a covenant, just like Moses did. The Lord our God, we will obey and we will serve. That's very important to understand. That's how you... That's how you uh, begin to use typology. Look for similarities. Look for concrete theological um, um, types, whether it be places, whether it be offices, whether it be historic people. You know, they do God. God moves. You know, in patterns, and you begin to find the patterns and find the types, such as such as the tabernacle and the temple, and those are all types. You know, the sacri- the lambs, the lamb sacrificed, and then you have the lamb of God. Those are all types and shadows. You know, and then we have the reality. So as I begin to finish this, how do you, how does typology make sense? Okay, well, you you have to understand the idea of the allegorical. But what is the allegorical? Okay, the allegorical allows you to understand that the root thought of the New Testament teaching can be seen and found in the Old Testament. In other words, they're not separate. One is concealed in the other. Okay, the root thought was that the New Testament teaching can be seen and found in the Old Testament. In other words, that there's a spiritual dimension to the Bible. There is a spiritual meaning to the Bible that that you can actually connect dots spiritually. Okay, and not leave the book, uh, not leave kings and kings and and um, uh, you know the Psalms and the Psalms, but they actually they actually can be seen and used in the New Testament. You can see them in the Old Testament. You can you can see some of the New Testament concepts. And I mean, I mean, just think about this. The great apostle Paul used the book of Isaiah, I believe it's over 69 times throughout his epistle, whether it's whether directly or indirectly. Okay, so we see how how uh, James and, and Peter, they all went into the moral laws okay, of God in the Old Testament and brought them into the New Testament. Paul does the same thing. He brings the Old Old Testament, um, know ye not that you are the 
temple of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Well, where's the temple? It's in the Old Testament. That's what he's referring to, that God's now dwelling in the, in the, in the temples that are made um, that are that are that are made by the Spirit of God, not by hands. So we have a we have a lot of we have a lot of types that we can do that, but you only get that if you have the ability to interpret it spiritually, not literally, not keep it on the page, but it has to bounce off the page. It has to come off the page for you. Alexandria watches because this this allegorical idea comes from the great Alexandria. Okay, the Alexandria of Clement or Clement of Alexandria from 155, uh, 155 AD to 215. Okay, and its origins and its origins are indebted to Philo the Alexandria. Organ had uh, two objectives: was to make it complete with the Greek philosophy and to show that the New Testament um, and and the Old Testament are in, intertwined and can be found in each other. Okay, that's important. That's important to know. The allegorical is a method that looks for a meaning beyond the historical or the literal plane sense of a word or a meaning to a to a hidden so-called spiritual meaning. Although the literal sense is not denied, the hidden prophetic sense is more important. That's what we call spiritualizing. Okay, but it's not spiritualizing to just to spiritualize. It's spiritualizing because you can see the the cross references you can see the commonalities you can see the the patterns of god in this so you got to go into the spiritual dimension in order to make some of these connections and your hermeneutics help you stay connected to the scriptures you know how you study your exegesis your historical your literal your your, your literary your uh, genres your, all those uh, you know those um, hermeneutical laws that you have to keep in order to interpret, never, okay, never discount the spiritualizing of what the Spirit of God shows you and you can see. Because once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you start seeing how Moses relates to, how Moses relates to Joshua and how Joshua relates, you know, you can just start pulling on the, on, on all how these men are all kind of have types of each other. Okay, so again, typology is very important. Malachi lays it out for us. He he lets us know that there's a type of Moses coming. There's a type of Elijah coming um, in that day. He, he also lets them know how you can tell because the fathers are going to turn their hearts to their children and the children back to the fathers. The restoration of the family. Again, this is... A powerful book of Malachi. I pray that you enjoyed it. I pray that you understand how Moses and, and the type Moses to Jesus, Moses to Joshua, this simple little exercise of typology, how they have things, they did things that were in common, and um, and you can you can expand this to all aspects. Okay, is um, is, is is really important to do. Okay, if you're a preacher, it'll expand your preaching. If you're a teacher, it'll help you see the scriptures differently and in the new, in a new light and in a right light. Okay, because the word of God, like like uh, uh, Aquinas said, it is multidimensional. It, it there's layers to the revelations of God. Once you know 
you you really don't know and you have to continue to search the scriptures so again thank you for this wool thank you for joining me in this journey through the book of malachi i know it took me a little while to get here uh to to the end of this book but we will continue our journey through the word of god next week i'm sorry tomorrow next week man i'm already i'm already in texas but uh, god bless you keep me in prayer as we continue to study god's word together and remember jesus is lord everything's all good because god is good god bless you and we'll talk to you soon bye bye <music>